With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, you're listening to Black Talk Radio News. We just wrapped up hour one. Get ready to uh, start hour two here in just a bit. Uh, we will hit the phone lines again, the telephone number. If you want to comment, if you have some news to report, hit us up. 530-881-1400. The access code is 549-032-POUND. Star 6 and 1 to comment. We'll be right back. This is Elliot Booker, host of Time for an Awakening Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network, speaking in behalf of Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser. Since 2008, the Black Talk Media Project, which has created Black Talk Radio Network, has engaged in producing original content from a black perspective for the global black community. You can help us continue this mission and help us even more by giving donations to the Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser and asking others to do so also. Let us work together to make 2015 a stronger year for independent black media. Again, this is Elliot Booker of Time for Awakening Radio Program on the Black Talk Radio. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, broadcasting from behind the enemy lines known as USA Inc. We got uh, one of our broadcast family members on the line with us, Brother Max Parthis, and we are just about to hit uh, the conference line and uh, see what this caller has on their mind, uh, what news they want to report, any views that they would uh, like to uh, submit. Uh, Area code 404, please go ahead with your question or comment. Oh, greetings to you, Scotty, and greetings to my next partner. Hello, Sarah. Yes, sir. This is Sarah. I don't know what's wrong with your audio, Scotty, but you keep going in and out. Um, do you have something running in the background because it was? You said... I noticed that too. Hello? Yes, we can yeah, hear it... you. Okay, because I, I don't know. Cause sometimes I don't want to overtalk you, but sometimes it just kind of cuts out. So you might want to check back to see what's going on. Yeah, I've been having some issues with this mixer and with the audio. I've been trying to figure it out. I just did something. I think it, it may resolve that. But I appreciate um, you bringing that up. So can you hear me okay now? Yes, you're coming in fine. Oh, but just at certain times, you would just kind of fade out or it would just kind of cut out, and then it would just come back in. Oh, okay. All right. I'll try to watch that. What's on your mind today, Sister Sarah? Okay, um, you you and uh, Max mentioned it to the situation with um in New York where that man was beaten up. I believe they said it was allegedly he stole a couple slices of pizza or something like that. And I don't know if that's the same video, but the one that I saw was this guy. He had his hands up surrendering, and these cops just bum rushed him and they just start punching him in the face. He delivered lacerations over his eyes, ready to beat him to a pulp. And as you said, I saw several, um, the black guys uh, that you were speaking of that I saw was a real heavy set black um, male. You look like he lifted some weights. He had on a t-shirt, um, a cop and something written on the front of it. And he was there in the midst. He didn't look like he pulled anybody off or tell him to stop it or whatever. They just beat the man to a pulp and the man didn't do nothing. The man was surrendering. But they, they just wanted to beat him up before they could haul him off to jail. Dog is behavior. Exactly, and um, and since you were mentioning that, um, somebody had sent me a video about a similar incident in Chicago where these two guys they were shot in some kind of drive-by, and the cops they caught they haul off the body still in the car. They call a flat, um, not even a flat there, but they call a regular tow truck to hook up the car from the rear, 
and the bodies of the, the two deceased people were still in the car. One of them was hanging out the window of the car, and they just drag it off. And the people were about to have a riot there because the police, because they said that was his right. They said, why are you going to drag this man off hanging out the window of the car instead of you processing the crime scene wow. or you get a flatbed to put the car on the back of it instead of you just jacking up the back of the car and just hauling it off? Was there any kind oh. of, of forensics done or what? I mean, that's a crime scene, right? It is a crime scene, but but, the, but what the police came out with, they, remember, they said sometimes in, in cases like that, since the car is a crime scene and whatever, they don't want us to take out the body in front of um the, the community because it might be in such a shape that sometimes it would be best for them to just drag the vehicle oh, in it and then take it to the police um lot and then they would you know get an ambulance to extricate the body and then take it to the morgue rather than doing it right there in the public view. That is the excuse. But but the point is, matter is um, if that is what you want to do because it's a crime scene with the bodies in the car, then that's fine. But the point of the matter is, is why are you going to have a tow truck, not a flatbed, but a regular tow truck? Because with a flatbed, at least you know they would lift the car and put it on the back of the truck Some and respect. take it to the end to show respect. But they just came, somebody just came by with a regular, you know, tow, like if, you know, you park illegally and they just got to jack the car, hook it to the rear of the car, and then just drag it off down the street and the body was just hanging out the window. Man. One of the deceased was just hanging out the window. Mm-mm-mm. And the people were furious because they had a mob scene and people, you know, they, they called out several. That's just barbaric. To come out there because they were, people were ready to say, um, to do something about it because they said this was disrespectful to the dead that you would do something like that right in the public viewing. And man, we, we, we're going to have to do something about this situation because it keeps getting from bad to worse, Scotty and Max. But I'm digressing slightly from what I called it about, um, you know, because this, this is right on topic also. But I was just, um, I just sent a link to, um, to Ralph and I was showing you, um, I don't know if y'all touched this on the news where Jonathan Pollard, that spy, he's spy for the Israeli. He's getting released on bail come November. Yeah, I wrote about That's, it. Uh, okay, um, well, um, I, I wasn't aware if you wrote about it. Well, well, well I'm sorry, know. Sister Sarah, but I actually, when I wrote about it, it was in reply to a comment that the local U.S. representative over this district, he's a Republican, Patrick McHenry, and he is a Zionist. He pushing the same old Zionist. And I, and I replied to him about that and right, and I was talking to him and he was bashing the, the deal with Iran, you know, and, and spewing that rhetoric and whatnot. So I left him a pretty lengthy, uh, uh, comment. And and then I also posted the link to the story. I found out right then and there as I was in, engaging his Facebook page that Pollard was uh, being suggested for early release. Again, for those who don't know Pollard, he was uh, uh he was in the United States Navy, right? And uh, he was fine for Israel. He was paid. And he was fined for yeah. for Israel, and he was sentenced to life in prison. And so now, you know, there's talk about just letting him go again. This is why we have political prisoners who have been held in hell holes in solitary confinement, tortured for over forty years. But please go ahead, uh, Sister Sarah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but you know, it, it just goes to show, like, like I, I like, like I was telling on um, right. I said I'm I'm of the opinion that when they were negotiating this deal with Iran and all of that, this has to be part of it with Netanyahu to get him from stop foaming at the mouth. Because he would say that this was all bad and they decided, okay, you know what, we can throw in Pollard as an um as an appeasement to shut you up to say we're gonna let the, we're gonna let him go. You see, this this is why I always come back to this thing and say against Scotty and Max is that we have these people serving in elected office at the highest level of government of this office. And they always want to put is um, Israel policy above United States policy. They always negotiate on behalf of, of, of Israel. And, you know, they, they get to serve in high government. They get to serve um, governor and, and um, do their time, their two years on the IDF, as Ron Emanuel did. But yet still, they are mayors, they are congressional reps, they, they are um, senators, um, governors, whatever, in this country. Now, how the hell can you um, have dual citizenship Go back and forth between these two countries. Now you're seeing where this man compromised the United States security. He compromised it. What, what he's not the first, is he, Sarah? Sister okay, Sarah. Sorry, to, go ahead. 
He's not the first, is he? Mm-hmm. Weren't there a couple called the Rosenbergs that were also spying yeah. for Israel? Yeah, back in the 50s when they were executed. Mm-hmm. But, 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 but this particular case with him is that it shows you that this man, the things that he has done, and plus him being in the, in the Navy when he has done it, he should have been court martial and matter of fact, he should be doing time in Leavenworth or he put before a firing squad and executed. Because what he did was called is high treason. And if anybody else would have done it, you know, if, if me or you, while we were in the military, we would have taken information and perhaps give it to any African nation or whatever the case might be, we would never have seen the light of day. We would be in some dungeon just like Mania, um, just like Mania and Imam Jamil Alameen, where mm-hmm. we, so we'd be 23 hours on the ground um, in some prison. Mm-hmm. I'd never see sunlight. Mm-hmm. But, but this guy, you know, he did all of these things. You know, give up secrets because they said a lot of um CIA and FBI agents because information their lives were lost. They said they would never know how many people were actually killed. So that that would mean that he gave up. But I just want to interject now. Think about what that means. This we're talking about Israel is an active enemy. Those are not the actions of an ally. Those are the actions of an enemy. And and yet instead of Israel. Who has who has been showing itself to be an enemy of the corporation called the USA? Okay, but then when you had Libya, a honest, I felt like honest partner in a war on terror against these radical Islamist elements, the United States goes and overthrows them, but yet looks the other way while while it I I mean excuse me Israel actively spies and steals secrets and and just I mean come on. I mean, wow, man, anybody that is it's supporting Israel, they need to be uh, run out of Congress. They need to be run out of whatever position they have in this system. That is, if I consider myself an American, I don't have nothing to do with this corporation. So, you know, I just report what they do. I just report on, you know, if you had a system of justice, what should happen. And if we had a system of justice and, and this was really a, a nation and one nation under God, now, man, this guy would never see the light of day. There would be no talk right now of, of releasing him. The Israel would not be getting over one billion dollars a year in taxpayer funded, you know, welfare, uh, uh, whether that's in cash payments, whether that's military hardware or, or anything else. You know, so I feel you, Sister Sarah, on that. But it has been taking a back seat. It's not really a, a major story right now, is it? No, and that, no, it's not because they control the media and they're going to play it down because it was in the New York Times and the Washington Post. But they're going to try and downplay it. But this was all part of the deal that they you know because for, for over six months ago they were running to the news about Pollard being a swap, a possible swap that they were trying to get him out of prison. And they were running this narrative to try and get people, soften you up to get you to accept it. And since you were talking about that, you know, at the same time when Pollard is being offered to get out on parole in November, they went ahead and they handed down a death sentence for, um, for Muammar Gaddafi's son, Saif al-Islam. Yes, I he read that. He got a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I read so, that. So it shows you how these people, they operate. They're going to kill, they're going to kill this man. Here it is. You fight in your country. Um, in order to stop the enemy from invading and taking over your country. But you get a death sentence because you went up against the United States and our coalition, so-called coalition allies stopped them from toppling your country, the assassination of your father, and the destruction of this country. But they're going to give you a death sentence. You get a death sentence. And here it is, this man who actually spies, you know, give up secrets and classified information while serving in the, in the, um, in the U.S. military. But he gets he gets out. He he gets to walk out of prison a free man in the next couple of months. Well, the Obama administration is claiming that no such thing is going to happen, that this wasn't a deal, but blah, 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 blah. Let's wait and see what happens. But just keep, I mean, it's just. The Justice it, Department said, um, um, Scotty, because um, according to the article, the Justice Department says that they negotiated it and they agreed with it and they're going to let him go. That's oh, really? Yes, it's in the article. If you pull up the norm, the new I I um I text this to um to, to um to Ralph, and I don't know if Ralph have your information. He could probably text that you the article. It says right there in the article that the Justice Department agreed with it. He's gonna get out in November. Mm. Mm. So why we get?
letting churches burn, while black people are getting um, shot at for falling, for changing lanes without signaling, here this spy goes, he gets out, he gets to walk out of prison um, with, with all of this stuff, and he's probably going to end up right over in Israel. They're probably going to plane going to be waiting for him, a private jet. Oh, he's a hero. He walks out of jail. He's an Israeli hero. Exactly. He'll be they're a gonna, celebrity. They're, they're, you know, got a house and everything probably built for him, and you know, as soon as he gets out, they're going to whisk him off and take him off to Israel. And all paid for by U.S. taxpayers. Exactly. We we are paying, you know, which is what burns my, you know, burns me up. And then, you know, the last thing I want to touch on is this president. And he, um, he, he's in Ethiopia. And they showed you that they, they told him, they, 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 um, the Ethiopians, they took him to the museum. No, they brought the artifacts. So they call her Lucy, but she's real. Her real name is Degnesh. And they brought her the oldest skeletal remains of a human being that was found in that region over there. Mm-hmm. Now, He's gonna say, "Oh, oh, yeah, we can see um the Rainbow Coalition of all the families of all the human families that leave from here." Now you know he always gotta bring this goddamn who, Rainbow. Who, who said that? The president. President that Obama. Yeah, that was his remark that he made to these um Ethiopians in viewing the skeleton remains. Like, oh yes, we're all from this all you know the Rainbow um coalition of the family that all comes from this you know. Rainbow has taken on a totally different meaning, and we all know it's a gay agenda. So you're going to slip that in in some kind of way to try and make it in the yeah, we all one big family. No, we ain't. We ain't all one big family. Because this dysfunctional family of black people are always trying to get yourself linked to, trying to say we all one of the same family. No, we are not. I'm not a part of this dysfunctional family. Because this doesn't make any kind of sense. He's always pushing some kind of way to, to link the gay agenda to, to, um, to blackness and to the civil rights movement and make it all a part of it. You know, Dr. King and all them, they didn't fight for what, you, what the hell you want to do in your bedroom. What you want to do in your bedroom is a private matter. Being black, it don't matter. I can't switch off. I can't go in a closet and change on this skin and put something else on or walk outdoors. I can't do that. Right. If you are gay or, or a homosexual person, you have that option whereby if, if most people who are gay, you don't know it because they operate normal. They're not playing with high-pitched voice and running around here acting like a, like a damn fairy. They're not acting like that. They're acting just like everyday normal people, so you wouldn't know who they are, except for these ones who want to be flamboyant and get no, noticed on themselves. But the average person, they're not like that. You know, I've heard. You've been trying to equate this with, with, with blackness or the civil rights. It's totally disingenuous. Yes, it is. It, and it's in, insulting and um, disrespectful and whatnot. Look, the United States government can do what it wants to do. It can tell whoever it wants to can get married. It can get married. I don't got nothing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't care about that. But just the, the disrespect that he showed in, in, you know, the projection of of arrogance and white supremacy to think that you could go to the richest continent on the face of the planet and then coerce them into implementing a social agenda you know like that and call yourself putting them on the spot and and then using the leverage of any kind of so-called aid really you just need to be kicked out the country the all cooperation with this corporation needs to halt but i'm not an african leader i'm not an african i'm not on the african i'm not a citizen of africa so therefore you know i you know it's just my opinion but that's what I think that people in Africa should do. They should wean themselves off of any dependence that they have on these institutions that they know were built as racist, white supremacist institutions. And so what if they have integrated their boardrooms and, and whatnot? You know, these people that these um, non-white people like the CEO of America, like whoever, you know, they have not shown themselves to be on the side of justice. They have shown themselves to be on the take. You know, they just looking to exactly. get. Yeah. So. So. Um, now, it, it's I, not only that. Uh, yeah. Scotty, it, it, it's not only that, but, you know, what they have done, they have leveraged this man as being a man of Kenyan descent. Mm-hmm. He has a so he has a traditional African sounding name and they're playing on that to the to the detriment of these people. That's what a lot of people are doing. They are losing focus and they're not focusing on his policy. They're focusing on just the optics of him. Being a man of Africa, he's first generation. He know his father's people. He go there. He socialized with them before he became um, high profile in the political realm. 
and they're still focusing, focusing on that. And these people, they are not looking to see the policies that he's pushing. The policies that he's pushing is these white supremacist policies. It has nothing to do with them. Legalization of, yeah. of the homosexual marriage or even the legalization of miscegenation whereby you can marry whoever you want and they always throw this loving situation out there. I don't even want to put that into play because this was a white man who taken it upon himself that says, okay, I want to marry a black woman. White men have always had access to, to any woman on the planet that he wants to have sex without the benefit of marriage or without marriage. So, so whatever he chooses to do with that Supreme Court decision, I don't look at that as being a plus for anybody. Because the white man has always made a hold down one planet his brothel. He just go wherever he wants to go, drop his seat, don't take care of it, because we could go from all of these presidents of the United States, starting with the first 15 presidents of this United States, they all were slaveholders. They all had slaves. Right, right. Well, Sister Sarah, I got about 10 minutes, um, well, yes, actually sir. nine minutes left in this segment, but I wanted to get your opinion on something. So, again, we started off talking about the Flatbush um, uh, thugs, NYPD of the 70th uh, precinct who attacked this black man. And then, I mean, they, they perp walked him out with his pants on the floor. He had on shorts and stuff. They didn't even pull the man's pants up. He walking, I mean, they are on literally on his in um at his ankles i mean that's just it, this is in a public place this is i mean these people just make me so angry and, and want to do something and but these but um did you see the video of him being attacked and what was your thoughts of how the crowd these shoppers at this target reacted because they started surrounding these cops and they were very aggressive verbally you know they didn't put their hands on nobody but uh, it got them to ease up on that black man and i say perhaps save his life but what what do you think about that reaction by the by the uh, uh citizens who seeing this black man getting beat down I think they did the correct thing, but I think that some of them still, they should have just jumped up in there, and if they would have, would have they would have attacked some of these cops, and maybe take a few of them down to the floor, they probably wouldn't have gotten that, because they punched this man, the man had his hands in the air. Make I saw that the video from the store that showed the man's hands was up, and they just came in there, swinging at him, get ready, hit him straight in the face, and as you said, this is a thing with these white cops. With black men, we're going to have to drop their pants and expose them. Because the same thing happened in Atlanta, Georgia, right before we moved from Georgia. They had a similar situation happening in Georgia with, with the Atlanta PD, where they got these two black male suspects, and they stopped them in the middle of the street, brought their life, dropped their pants and underwear, had them bend over and did a cavity search on them. Right in the middle That's of the street. Right in the middle of the street. Mm-mm-mm. And it's the same thing happening in Texas up here, where they said this, this, um, this Glenn Smith, who was the chief of police for, for Hempstead, uh, the city of Hempstead, before he became the sheriff of Waller, said that's why he got fired, because he did the same thing to black male suspects. His deputies would do the same thing, would drop their pants, do cavity search, and then make derogatory comments about their um, their private parts after they have them um, um, stripped naked in the middle of, um, in, of the street. Hmm. These people, they, they, these people, they have a socio-sexual um, something to do with sex because when it comes to black people, whether it be male or female, they get off and stripping you down naked and they get flashbacks to the day of the auction block where they could get black people up on these auction blocks naked and seal you up and do all, even take you into the barn and, and you know, and rape the women and children. You know, they, they get off on these type of things. They get off on that and that's why a lot of them go into law enforcement because they get off and they get to watch people naked, they get to bring you in, strip you down naked, do a cavity search, watch you take a shower with a whole bunch of people, and they get to see you, you know, in full open view, in, in these prison cells, using the, using the bathroom, sleeping, whatever. They get to see you in all of your, your worst. And that's mm-hmm. why they like this type of job. They, 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 especially these white males. They get off on it. Hey, we're here. We're uh, getting a little bit of background noise. So um, if you're not speaking, if you can mute your mute your mic, kind of watch your background noise so we can preserve the quality of the broadcast. But listen, I want to ask, I want, you know, either one of you, you know, Max, uh, Sister Sarah, uh, what do you expect from Ken Thompson? Do you expect Ken Thompson to act any different than these other prosecutors, like the prosecutor down there in, in uh, Waller County, Texas, that's demonizing 
and uh, Sandra Bland right now. Do you expect Ken Thompson to review this in a timely manner and bring forth any uh, assault charges on, on a number of these individuals, these thugs? No, I don't expect he's going to do anything because when you have black people put in charge, because it's family like them that they, have, they say they have a special prosecutor that the governor, um, Andrew Cuomo, um, put in charge. They call him a special prosecutor. But a special prosecutor that he appointed, which is this guy named Schneiderman, this, this guy is already a prosecutor working on, is also um, a U.S. prosecutor already. So how can you get a special prosecutor that is already working in the position of a prosecutor for the state in order to act on, supposedly act on bias? It does not make any sense. Because you are appointing that these people are not going to do anything but accept the total on um, the same thing. Well, Ken Thomas was elected. Ken, Ken Thomas was, was elected. And now, again, I'm not disagreeing with anything you said, but he has shown through the Conviction Integrity Unit going through hundreds of old cases uh, where people have been convicted in prison and going behind these, these rogue uh, terrorist cops and overturning these convictions. People have actually gotten out of prison. He's also told these NYPD cops in, in his district to stop arresting people on these petty drug crimes and stop, you know, bogging down his court his his uh office with these petty drug crimes so i'm just saying there have been some signs from him that perhaps he is trying to operate a little outside of the network you know the the network of racism and and white supremacy and i mean but again i'm not saying that you're wrong and he may not do anything but i, I think that there perhaps may be some expectation there from those who have heard about you know his name in the past connected to those to those cases max you know you've reported on it a number of stories involving him do what do you think well let me put it like this he's a good man from what i understand and he's been fighting to make things happen but let's put it in perspective if we were talking about a uh, gulag and somebody was being beaten and brutalized inside the gulag and somebody came to their defense who is known to have come to people's defense in the gulag, it doesn't solve the problem of the gulag. It just solves the problem for that one particular person at that one particular time. This is a much larger problem than Ken Thompson uh, can handle. This is something that is humongous. It's nationwide. It's uh, institutional racism. It's slavery and human trafficking. It's genocide. And one uh, person in one uh, county cannot make a difference just by helping uh, one circumstance. Okay, and but uh, what about what about him not being one person? But I don't know how many votes he got. But again, this is a man who uh, who was elected yesterday. We were talking about electoral politics. How at the end. Yes. I got to get off. I think I got Bernie Sanders on the line. Be right back. Okay. All right. Thanks, Max. Go ahead and uh, get that interview and confront him on 21st yeah. century slavery and human trafficking. All right. Uh, but, but you know, what I'm saying is in that district, all right, obviously somebody worked on his campaign. He had people that donated to his campaign. They volunteered for his campaign. And they turned out and they voted for him. And so yesterday we were talking to the brothers from the uh, Temple for New African Thought. And we were talking about controlling your community. Something, you know, that, that the Black Panther Party talked about a lot. And, and that, you know, in the people activity area of politics, I talked about we need to be forming institutions like the young Democrats, like the young Republicans, but for our children, all right, and grooming these, these you know, people that are going to be elected to these positions that at least we hope we can get them elected. And so, you know, I, I would say to a person who, who works in that area of politics that I don't want to tell them it can't be done. I don't want to tell them, I mean, because that is a local geographical area. That's Brooklyn District. That's Brooklyn District. And if enough people in that district, you know, stand up just like spontaneously they stood up to these thug cops and said, no, I don't care if you got guns, if you got batons and or whatnot, or you got on these uniforms, we're not going to stand here or, or and, and just watch you beat this man like that and possibly kill him. We're not just going to keep moving along because there's nothing to see here because there are plenty. You're committing a crime and I'm a witness to that crime and I'm letting you know you know, through the best way that I can. 
you know, being that I'm also unarmed or whatnot. But so, uh, you know, again, I'm just speculating. That's all we can do. Who knows what the future holds? And so I'm just saying, you know, to those people who work in that area, that this is something the people in Brooklyn District, y'all need to be, you know, making happen. This is just one case. All right. Yes, it is just one case, but you know, it could lead to other cases. It's a unity building exercise. It's, it's, it, it got to start somewhere. All right. And I say, you know, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree with it because as you said, taking control of your community and this is something that they're going to have to do. I don't have a problem with local politics. Um, as I said, if you're going to come to your school board, mm-hmm. your local office that you have a, an immediate reach for, then that is something that you need to vote and make sure that the people that are in there, they're acting in your best interest because you have more immediate control over that area. And that's a predominantly I, black area, area, Sister Sarah. I read the demographics from the uh, census, the 2010 census, and it is mostly uh, about 70-something percent um, people from the Caribbean, immigrants and their descendants from the Caribbean, black people, African descended people. And then, of course, you know, Afri- African-Americans, those who go by that label. So th- we are, again, talking about a predominantly black district. So, I mean, if you can't control, if you can't formulate a plan and control that and get, you know, build, we talk about in business, a five-year plan. Well, how about a 10-year political plan or a 20-year political plan where you are grooming young people and training them up and then you are getting behind them and giving them the resources to get them elected and controlling just your county or whatever. So, Sarah? Well, I agree with you 100%. That That is something that we have abdicated as a people. We've given up control to our area because, um, Scotty, if you're going to places like Chinatown, mm-hmm. and these are, I could only speak like for Chinatown because I've been in several Chinatowns around the country, and they control their policing of themselves. You don't see the cops running in and out um, of their community mm-hmm. as you see with black, um, with the black community. Mm-hmm. Cops are always in and out of our community. Because they, they make sure they control their territory, and we need to get back to that same thing. Certain things that you know that, you know, where they get some, some brothers or some sisters around, where they come for a domestic issue, whatever. You need to come in there because if you know this brother's beating up on his wife, his girlfriend or whatever, mm-hmm. you need to go up in there as a man to man and handle that situation because once you start bringing a stranger in with guns, bullets, tasers, and a baton, you're going to go, you escalate your situation over a thousand percent because somebody is going to a hospital, to the morgue, or to jail, maybe all three. When, when one of them short, because their interest is not vested in you and in your relationship. They don't give a darn. All they want to mm-hmm. do is a, you or somebody getting out of this house tonight. Yeah, it's all about community control. And that's what we talked about yesterday with those brothers from Baltimore. And, you know, this is what our ancestors have always taught. This is what, you know, our elders that are even still with us, you know, from the 60s and the 70s. And I'm sure their elders before them. You know, we have always had a continuous struggle, you know, on this continent or anywhere we are, you know. And and so we just really had to start, you know, stepping up. And I'm glad those people in that target uh, stepped up and said, no, I'm not going to stand here and say nothing and, 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 you know, just walk out the door like nothing happened while you're assaulting this man and possibly kill this man. We saw the video of Eric Gardner. Hell, you know, we could start a website called police and And so, I mean, that's just how pervasive the evidence, the video evidence of. And so again, Ken Thompson, you know, he can make an easy case. If he is a gifted prosecutor, any, to, to me, any attorney that is worth that piece of paper that they got to, that, you know, designate them as a, a an attorney, a lawyer or whatnot, they can make an easy case, at least against two of those officers that you could clearly see this man is on the ground pinned down and they're punching him and they're kneeing him in, in his head. And, and I think so Sarah said well, he even had a laceration above his eye or something like you could easily get those two people on f- felony assault. You know, now, again, this is a primarily black district. So then we know like what happened to Eric Gardner happened in Staten Island, where it's predominantly white people. And that's who's going to make up the grand jury and whatnot. So I would say you got, got a better chance in Brooklyn, in the Brooklyn district to get a, a grand jury that will issue an indictment if Ken Thompson, in fact, does have to take it to a grand jury because hell 
uh, um, you know, some of these states, I don't know about New York, a prosecutor has the power to just outright charge somebody with a crime. They don't have to go to a grand jury, but they ultimately have to take it to a jury. So anyway, those are, that's all I want to say about that. I'm going to take another break. Uh, we're going to play a little message music. And then when I come back, again, I want to talk about this article of I see it as an act of civil disobedience. You know, I'm hearing these people calling uh, when these young people or whoever's doing it. We don't know who's doing it. Let's not make assumptions. We don't know. It could be a bunch of young white kids. It could be a bunch of Hispanic kids. It could be, it could be anybody that's painting Black Lives Matter on these white supremacist statues. Anybody could be putting murderer on there or white supremacist or racist or terrorist. Anybody could be doing that. And I mean, it's happening all up and down the East Coast. All right. In different states, North Carolina, South Carolina, now Maryland, Virginia, um, I think Tennessee as well. Um, and, and so this is like a, a wave of people attacking these symbols and, and, and what they stand for. And so I look at that as an act of civil disobedience, not as an act of vandalism, not as a crime or anything like that. Again, as I opened up the program, I talked about how, you know, black people and white people integrating lunch counters, integrating a busing company, you know, riding uh, 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 across the nation on a, on a national bus line. You know, the Freedom Riders did that, you know, integrating all of that. That was against the law. Those people were breaking the law. So I, I just think that. We had to be careful and watch the mainstream media when they refer to them as 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 thugs, as vandals, as stuff. That's racism, white supremacy being practiced. All right. Now, so put it in the same vein. Would you refer to Martin Luther King Jr. as a thug? Would you call Rosa Parks a thug or any or I can't remember the young black teenager, single mom who did it before Rosa Parks. But, you know, they just didn't. The NAACP just didn't take her case to court. Okay. So uh, I, I see this as an act of civil disobedience. Yes, it's technically against the law, but that is not what should be questioned. What should be questioned is the fact that te people are being forced through force of arms to to pay for the maintenance of these white supremacist monuments in inappropriate places like in front of a courtroom, like at a voting place, like here in my county where, where people go to vote. All right. Those symbols are, are that is celebrating straight up racism and white supremacy. I ain't trying to hear, hear no arguments about heritage. I ain't trying to hear no uh, arguments about your ancestor. Well, your ancestor was a war criminal. He was a vile, evil, uh, despicable human being. And I'd be damned if he's going to be honored on my tax dime. And, 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 and so I wholeheartedly support it. Okay, y'all want to pass little laws and ordinances to say we, you can only remove this with the permission of the, of the North Carolina legislator? Well, we'll tell you what then. Just, just be prepared to keep cleaning up these symbols because we're going to keep tagging them. We're going to keep putting graffiti on them, naming these murders and, and using the correct language to identify what these statues represent, what the people represented all right and, and then again you know if you calling yourself american we was talking about israel earlier you want to call yourself an american and all this and that well then how in the hell are you going to then be supporting the confederacy as well so you know what i'm saying y'all is tripping y'all is tripping if y'all think people is supposed to just accept that and i accept i totally accept and do more than accept i support the graffitiing up the destruction. I mean, take some little mini sledgehammers out there with y'all. I know some of these things is bronze. They spent like millions of dollars on these monuments. Some of these things are bronze. And so you might get caught if you go out there with a blowtorch and saw the head off of it or something. That take too long. We don't want y'all going, going to jail or whatnot. You know, but if they're made of concrete or something like that, you know, bust the head off of that joker. You know, do whatever damage you can without getting caught. That's an act of civil disobedience. It is not a crime. What's a crime is that they are openly, openly supporting white supremacy and the enslavement of human beings. They are telling each and every one who passes by that nothing was wrong with slavery. Nothing was long, wrong with rape. Nothing was wrong with murder. Nothing was wrong with human trafficking. And again, you got the United States State Department issuing a list of where it's ranking nations at on human trafficking. 
And then you're celebrating that human trafficking. Now, every single member of Congress who voted to protect those symbols, those federal U.S. senators, uh, congressmen, they should article, they should be impeached. They should be thrown out of Congress because you swore oath to the corporate USA flag. You didn't swear oath to the Confederacy. So anyway, I, I said I was going to play some message music. But, you know, these people are just ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and they expect us to go along with their idiocy and their foolishness. And, and, and some people are just saying, no, we're not going to do it. And, and, and if this is the only thing I can bring to the table, this nonviolent act of civil disobedience by painting murderer and terrorist and enslaver on the base of this statute or throwing red paint on them, then I'm, by God, I'm going to do it. That's my small contribution put these people on notice because you know let the international community know while they are over here up here in the UN or you know from their offices in New York or Washington DC pointing their fingers at you about human trafficking this is what they're doing right here Sandra Bland was a victim of 21st century slavery and human trafficking just like millions of other victims in this country and they are only allowed to get away with it is because all of us, every last single one of us, regardless of our gender, regardless of our race, regardless of our nationality, we go right along with it. Or and, and, and you know, not only just go along with it, but some of us actively, you know, push the agenda and participate in it and profiting from the spoils of the war that you're waging on us. So anyway, I'm going to take a short break, then I'll come back. I want to talk about uh, some of the details of that story. Uh, also, it's being reported that Homeland Security and the FBI spied on Black Lives Matter activists, and that's nothing new. There ain't nothing new. They spied on Marcus Garvey. I mean, name a black person who had any kind of influence, any kind of wealth, any kind of position, you know, that capitalist system bestows upon one any kind of title you know that the, the the u.s government state governments are spying on these people and trying to think of any kind of way they can to bring them down if they don't play ball and, and continue to uphold the system of racism so we'll be back on the other side you are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network for live programming schedules. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. You see our people being brutalized by white bigots, white racists. Uh, we think that they are foolish to allow themselves to be beaten and brutalized and do nothing whatsoever to protect themselves. They are foolish. If they should have the right to, de to defend themselves against any attack made against them by anyone. If a dog is fighting a black man, the black man should kill the dog. Whether the dog is a police dog, a hound dog, or any kind of dog. If a dog is fixed on a black man, when that black man is doing nothing but trying to uh, take advantage of what the government says it's supposed to be his, then that black man should kill that dog or any two-legged dog, two-legged dog, two-legged dog. You'll find, sir, that there will come a time when black people wake up and become intellectually independent enough to think for themselves, as other humans are intellectually independent enough to think for themselves, then the black man will think like a black man, and he will feel for other black people. And this new thinking and feeling will cause black people to stick together. And then at that point, you'll have a situation where when you attack one black man, you are attacking all black men. And this type of black thinking will cause all black people to stick together. And this type of thinking also will bring an end to the brutality inflicted upon black people by white people. And it is the only thing that will bring an end to it. No federal court, 
state court or city court will bring an end to it. It's something that the black man has to bring an end to, has to bring an end to, has to bring an end to. We also recognize that individuals do not create rebellions, conditions to do. Until they begin to adjust themselves to those conditions, rebellions will continue and they will escalate. They will escalate. Sometimes the question has been raised about why black men fight and have fought for this country. It is the black man's implacable will to be free that makes him fight for this country. And it is that same will that will make him fight this country, fight this country, fight this country. I want to address myself now to problems as they exist in the black community across America. And America cannot be considered as a stable and just society. But no stable and just society can mount a successful offensive against black youth who break a window and at the same time plead that it is powerless to protect black youth who are being murdered because they seek to make American democracy a reality, reality, reality. time a black church is bombed or burnt, that is violence in our streets. Each time a black body is found in the swamps of Mississippi and Alabama, that is violence in our land. Each time black white workers cannot be protected by the government, that is anarchy. Each time a police officer shoots and kills a black teenager, that is urban crime. You see, we recognize America for what it is the fourth right, and we tell America to be on notice because if you are going to play Nazis, black folks ain't going to play Jews, they ain't going to play Jews. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, broadcasting from behind these enemy lines, and again, you know, going back to what I was thinking and feeling when I saw those uh, black people stand up to those police thugs of the NYPD and prevent them from killing uh, this black man. This unarmed black man who they claim stole a couple of slices of pizza. So, you know, if that's true, then we need to look at his situation. Was he homeless? Was he hungry? What, you know, it's a lot of starving people in this country. Was he cut off from, uh, food assistance because he had a felony drug conviction? You know, the whole, whole, you know, um, list of things that how they, uh, disenfranchise people in this country, primarily uh, black people. But that spirit of resistance, it just reminds me of a second awakening. Are we going through another period? Is this the beginning of a new period where black people are having mass awakening and recognizing these Nazis for who they are? You know, like H. Rap Brown was just saying, from back in the 60s, we recognized the Fourth Reich. And we put America on notice that if you're going to play Nazis, we're not going to play Jews. And so is that what? These people who are tagging these white supremacist statues and monuments prominently displayed in places of honor on the public dime. Is that what they're saying? That we recognize, we recognize you for what you are. And we're tagging it. Let me pull up this clip by um, that was published on NBCWashington.com. It may play a, a, a advertisement. Bear with me. But this is coming out of Maryland where they tagged this uh, Confederate statue. Pay attention to the language. What I want you to do is pay attention to the language they use. And then think about these people as as activists engaged in acts of civil disobedience, just like the civil rights worker. Uh, Let's turn this volume A despicable act of violence. Somebody vandalized a Confederate statue in my... Now, let's back that up. Did she say a despicable act of violence? So now spray painting an inanimate object is an act of violence? I wonder if that that statue, how much pain it felt. If it was bleeding, if it had any wounds, was his face shot off? A violent act of, man, see how how these racist suspects are in mainstream corporate media. This is an NBC Washington affiliate pay attention to the language throughout this report overnight even before it happened many were pushing to have it removed or relocated 
Tonight, News Force Chris Gordon looks at some of the places being considered. Recent controversy has focused on this Confederate memorial statue in Rockville, Maryland. The issue, should it stay or should it go? And then overnight, it apparently was the target of vandalism. The words Black Lives Matter was spray painted on the base of the Confederate memorial that stands beside the red brick courthouse in Rockville. I don't agree with vandalism, so no, that's not the appropriate way to... All right, I'm going to stop it there. That is a black woman speaking. So again, what, 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 why does she have a perception that this is just a simple petty act of vandalism? You know, a bunch of teenagers just, you know, destroying some property or whatnot. Why, what is it that she cannot make the connection that this is an act of civil disobedience against racism and white supremacy? I would submit to you that if we knew who this woman was and we talked to her and we would find that she was probably raised in public schools, probably got a university degree or got a government job or, you know, she's a African American and, and, you know, she has bought into the red, white and blue. She's not even seeing this as a struggle of justice and injustice. She's not even asking the question about, you know, what's more offensive, the fact that you're you're promoting and celebrating white supremacy. That is what these statues are doing. And as you heard there, next to a courthouse. Why are they all next to these courthouses? See, there was a wave across the South when they put these statues up. That seems like a strategic location to place a statue to the Confederacy if you want to send a message to black people about justice and injustice. Because the courthouse is the center of activity concerning matters of law and justice and injustice, right? And these are the places where the all-white juries was letting away, let uh, white terrorists get away with murdering, raping, beating, killing, harming, maiming black people. So these aren't just articles of remembrance, and this is a celebration of treachery, of treason. If you want to call yourself an African American and, 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 and claim your citizenship and all the rights it's supposed to confer upon you in this corporation as a stakeholder or whatnot, you look at it being as being wrong, and that you know from that perspective or the perspective of a member of a group of people who have been persecuted for hundreds of years and that these people that are being honored and celebrated picked up arms to keep perhaps her great-great-grandfather in slavery or maybe who knows she might have somebody in her background and her ancestral line that was a black union soldier that fought to kill and defeat these vile evil people So the thing that's wrong here is not the act of disobedience. What's wrong here, I mean, excuse me, the act of civil disobedience was and pointing out something that's wrong in society and using what little power you do have to send a message to produce propaganda that's going global. So let me continue on with this. Rockville's historical markers indicate the Confederate Memorial was erected in 1913, 50 years after the Battle of Gettysburg, for the purpose of nationalism and reunification. Montgomery County Executive Ike Leggett had decided to remove the memorial. My initial thought was to remove it, place it in storage until we can find an appropriate site to relocate it. Where should the Confederate Memorial be moved? It could be moved to another part of the county, maybe Monocacy Cemetery in Bellsville or some other place, but I don't agree with crating it up and putting it in storage. I am a descendant of both Confederate soldiers and slaves. Tony Cohn is with the Monero um, Foundation, um, dedicated to the preservation of Underground Railroad history. A variety of ideas have been discussed. Uh, Battlegrounds, graveyards, uh, public spaces. Susan Cook Soderberg has included a picture of Rockville's Confederate Memorial in her book, Lest We Forget. She doesn't want to see it moved. I'm a historian, so I have to say no. It's an artifact of history, and it belongs. All right, let's stop. I just can't keep taking this deception. 
that in fact is not a damn artifact. You know what an artifact is? An artifact would be like, for example, a rifle or something that a, a, a Union soldier used or, or a Confederate soldier used. You know, General Lee's sword, his, his you know, cavalry sword. That's an artifact. All right, the cannons and, and, and the weapons of warfare in the uniforms, those are our artifacts. What these are came 50 years after the Confederacy and are nothing but concrete and metal monuments to celebrating and promoting racism and white supremacy and the disenfranchisement of black people. Damn her being a historian. There are plenty of, you think that people in Germany don't, you know, know the history of their own country and the Nazi party, but what have they done? They stamped as much as they can as a government stamped out all public symbols and endorsements of Nazism. This country can't seem to do that. I'm back, by the way, Scotty. Welcome back, Max. Welcome back. Well, that wasn't Bernie Sanders, by the way, but it was one of the people who uh, knows Bernie Sanders personally, uh, one of the Quakers, actually. Uh, you know, we're working with the Quakers now, and they're trying to set up a meeting with us, and they gave me some numbers to give a call to and see if I can get a one-on-one -on -one with Bernie for 15 or 20 minutes. Cool, cool. So this this woman is practicing deception. She's a race. She's a racist suspect, possibly a white supremacist. I have to look up where her book, but it's, you know, the book seems to glorify, lest we forget. Lest we forget our great-great-grandpa who went out there and picked up arms, even though he didn't own any enslaved, he didn't enslave any Africans personally, but he was a member of the slave patrol, and it was his solemn duly, the white supremacy and the subjugation of black people to pick up arms and go fight this war, and we, lest we forget what, you know, no, we should never forget these war criminals. We should never forget. But it, it, it's a matter of not forgetting, but a matter of honoring. And I don't think, you know, logic dictates that evil people should be honored. Period. I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm being illogical here or something. Something's wrong with me. I'm not thinking straight. I should be happy to fork over tax dollars out of my paycheck to pay for the promotion of these people, uh, of these traders here in the county that I live in, who enslaved about um, about a thousand, thirteen hundred of uh, perhaps Africans in this county alone. About three hundred white people did that. So anyway. Look, we're coming to the end of the program. Uh, check out the article on the Homeland Security uh, and FBI spying on the Black Lives Matter activists. That should be shocking to no one. COINTELPRO, young people study up on that. Study up on the Patriot Act and everything that they have been doing to people that they call Muslim terrorists and stuff. They've been doing it to us for a long time. You know, your civil rights... Phew, don't matter. So that shouldn't be no surprise to anyone. Check out the story about the FBI plot to assassinate a, a, a Occupy Wall Street activist. Again, as I talked about the young, you know, black woman who was shot in the face in, in Ferguson. Witnesses say it was by a cop. Do, do not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. No, all all the tricks and trades, all his strategies, all the tools that he uses as much as you can. And then that way you can develop countermeasures. So anyway, uh, Tando Radio Show will not be on air air today. Uh, today is Tuesday. Yeah. So uh, there that this concludes our live streaming for today. Thank you for those uh, who called in. I hope that, you know. It was a constructive program, and I've imparted some information to you, uh, planted some seeds, some thoughts, something for you to ponder on, that it wasn't a waste of your time tuning in to this program. So, you live behind enemy lines. That's what you need to recognize. All right? We actually live in a concentration camp, if you want to get technical. It's a, it, it, it's a continental conscien concentration camp. 
and your status depends often on your skin color and to a lesser extent some might say more of of your economic um, um, income you know your social status is all tied to how much taxes you are bringing in so recognize you live behind enemy lines this battlefield capacity is being created every day develop that battlefield awareness then hopefully you can decrease the likelihood that you will become a casualty or an enslaved person on one of the many, many hundreds of, who knows, thousands of plantations in this country. End slavery. Bring an end to it right now, not tomorrow. Don't reform it. Let's abolish it. Peace and blessings to all. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.